highlight section of Freight Waves Now. And today we're shedding some light on one of our best communities. And that is, of course, the Stockout with Mike Boundistle, head of Andermodal. And so he's also our CPG expert as well. And so, Mike, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Today, we're getting to chat about Walmart and a few other items, but that's a big one because it, Walmart just had their earnings call. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, I think any of the communities could write up about Walmart, you know, from their perspective angle, because they're they're so important. I mean, for CPG, they're about a 20% customer, in some cases, more than 20% customer for a lot of the big CPGs. And I think that's only going to rise because Walmart's taking share in grocery, taking share among higher income, uh, you know, shoppers, and then there's a big, a good attach rate where they go in for the groceries, buy other sort of consumable uh, type items. So, it's it's hard to to overstate um, you know Walmart's importance and it's always been one that I've looked at just because it, it gives you a good insight into the economy uh, and I, I can you know talk a little bit about that sort of as far as the consumer economy goes I mean as you probably would expect they're cautious on the consumer and to put some numbers around this the last uh, five years they've grown at a six percent compounded annual growth rate they say their typical long term goal is about four percent. And this upcoming year, they're expecting sales growth um, overall to be between two and a half and and three percent. So they're sandpapering that down. That includes a two to two and a half percent same store sales growth in, in in the U.S. And you do have to sort of say, well, that doesn't sound so bad, but you know they are certainly naturally hedged when you get into a situation where consumers are a little bit more stretched. They go to Walmart for for, for value. They're taking some some share in in, in some in, in certain places. You know, interesting, you know, we're going back and forth in this on, on Slack, but one of the, the, the things that they've been looking at has been the auto loan delinquencies, which they view that as an indicator of, uh, of, of their sales to an extent where, um, you know, the past uh, 60 days, at least the number of loans that are, that are 60 days past due at this point are 1.84%, which doesn't seem like a high number, but is 27% higher than a year ago. So it does suggest there's a lot of consumers out there that are, that are feeling pretty, pretty stretched. So probably not telling anything you don't know there on the consumer. The consumer is under pressure, uh, but, but certainly uh, Walmart is baking that caution into their, into their guidance. As far as how this more directly relates to, to CPGs, aside from maybe saying, well, their sales are going to be a little bit lower, it's my viewpoint that Walmart and some of the other big um, retailers are going to be less accepting of CPG prices in this upcoming year, and the CPGs are going to have to justify any further price increases um, you know, to to a greater degree than they have in the past few few years. I mean, a lot of these CPGs have gone through three, four, five different rounds of of, of price increases. There was a really good quote that I found from Edgewell, a personal care CEO. This is a company that owns Schick Razor, where he just said it's going to be really hard for CPGs to raise prices further from here on these retailers because it's going to be pushed back from from, from the retailers. Um, so uh, I, I think that um, you know Walmart didn't come out come right out and say that, but they did say that they expect gross margins to be higher in this upcoming year than they were in the past year. I mean, one of the ways you would do that would be to sort of hold the line on, on your supplier costs a, a little bit, although they did say that uh, they expect their supply chain costs to come in lower just because there's going to be fewer supply chain disruptions. And so what I think that means for CPGs is that the CPGs aren't going to be able to use 
the supply chain issues as an excuse as to why there needs to be, you know, higher on shelf prices. And maybe that means that Walmart's going to be a little tougher on on time and in full, you know, type fees because Walmart doesn't view supply chain issues as still being a, a, a big deal that it should be for, for the CPGs. Now, some of the CPGs say it still is. Some, most CPGs say it's better than it was, but 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 those problems are still still crop up and are, are worse than they, they have been sort of throughout most of most of history. But I thought that was was interesting as well. I think on the on the the, the good news side of things for from the CPG's perspective, Walmart still acknowledges lots of inflation in food prices. Um, and uh, they say that's been sort of stubbornly high in food and consumables. They're talking about those being up still sort of high single digits. Um, so, so, so all those things I think are, are, are important for, for CPGs. Yeah, I mean, when you look at, say, with the CPG companies, I mean, you look at their cost break or their input costs, right? You're seeing those input costs continue to rise. I mean, you look at the producer price index, right? And you start to see that the number still continues to trend higher, right? It was worse than expectations just this last month. It's still outpacing what we've seen to the consumer. But it sounds like Walmart doesn't want those price increases at the CPG's company just to get passed through to the consumer. They want to be able to hold those prices steady, offer that value to consumers, both high income and, and those that are the value shopper. I mean, is that basically the overall trend that we're seeing is that they they don't they understand that those input costs are rising, but they're just not willing to budge as much on their pricing uh, model. Yeah, yeah, so we'll see how things develop. I mean, I think you bring up the PPI. I mean, when you look at the PPI specifically for food in the last month, that was up about 9% year over year. And then those companies say, well, it's not just the, the ingredients, which, you know, some of those ingredients, you look at the commodities, those have come way down, but it's things like the packaging material, the label, the, the, the labor that's required, all of those things have, have gone up. And so I think, um, you know, CPGs are, are, are working with, with Walmart and those type of things. I mean, Walmart's always looking to take costs out of the, out of the supply chain. Um, and I think in certain cases where there's a clear input that's clearly much higher for the CPG that let's say Walmart feels itself in its private label brands, and it's invested a lot in those private label brands. I mean, the, the, the share of private labels up like 160 basis points, I think they said year, year over year, that when there's a clear input, I think they're going to be more accepting of having a higher on-shelf price. But I think the burden is going to be more on the CPG to demonstrate that their costs are higher and, and why they're higher. Whereas past two years, everything was up across the board. And I think it was easier to, to get prices, price increases through. Yeah, that was going to be a follow up. Just is this an opportunity for Walmart to bolster that to really lean into their private label as the as that growth arm uh, in in the grocery space? It's definitely going to be an interesting yeah. one. And, and Mike, switching into the other top story, where does the latest preliminary report coming out of Palestine in, in that derailment situation? Yeah, so the, the NTSB released their preliminary report um, late last week, and it was, I think it was Thursday. And, um, you know, it was, it was really interesting because sort of before that, you know, I talked to some you know, contacts in the industry, and even including some we had on FreightWaves TV, and the thought process before that was there was something, the matter with those detectors on the wayside, the hot boxes that measure how hot the wheel bearings and, and axles were, but based on that report, it didn't seem like 
those there, there was any failure in far as those those hot boxes are concerned it it it's illustrated that the wheel bearings heated up to an extreme degree in a very short amount of time and it seemed like i mean they, they, there's no evidence that the crew did anything wrong there's no evidence that um, you know that there was anything matter with the track. Uh, didn't seem to be any evidence that there's um, an issue with the, the the detectors, although that's still under investigation. It did seem like it was this one particular rail car um, that was hauling plastic pellets, where the axle heated up um, in, in an extreme way in a very short period of time. And it's not clear why that was, um, but I think that's what um, the investigation is going to, to, to center around. Um, so I think that was interesting. I mean, you sort of think about, well, what might this mean for uh, railroad regulations? And, and one of the, the, the things that the NTSB brought up in their, in their press conference was that different railroads have different standards for how hot an axle has to be before the rail car is taken out of, uh, out of service. And so I think it could lead to a uniform national standard where maybe it has to be taken out while it's at a somewhat of a lower uh, you know, temperature. It, it, is, it is curious why different railroads would have different standards for, for that. Awesome stuff as always, Mike. Obviously people can check you out with this stock out. Coming up a little later this afternoon, what are you, what are you gonna be talking about uh, this afternoon a little later on Monday? Yeah, so go through um, sort of latest news on um, you know CPG industry uh, today. Um, some, similar to the things I've been, been talking about, you know, in, in this segment. I also want to uh, bring up that um, on Thursday have a really good uh, guest on People Speaking Rail. That's going to be Dan Daniel Elliott. He's an attorney and he's a former chairman of the U.S. Surface Transportation Board. So he was part of the the group that was in charge of regulating. The class one railroads and so um you know he, he was appointed by president uh, obama for, for, for that role really has great insight into the inner workings of washington dc now he's an attorney that works on behalf of railroad shippers to make sure they're getting good service so i'd encourage you to, to tune in for that at thursday um at three o'clock eastern looking forward to both of those shows mike thanks so much for joining us this morning great thank you right now we're going to take a short break but we'll be right back with more freeways now